0: Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and changemakers. The creative and curious world of work constantly inspires me. The people, the processes, and the products are all infinitely interesting. But if I had to choose what really piques my curiosity, the workspaces people make so they can do their best work. Whether it's a coffee shop, a spare room where we live, or a giant warehouse, every one of us has a place that we have created to do our work. What does your workspace say about you? Does it inspire you to create or shut you down while you search for what you need? Are you messy or minimal? There is no wrong answer, which is what is so satisfying when visiting other people's studios, offices, makerspaces, or shops. When you cross the threshold into a new place, you witness a uniqueness that can't be taught or bought. How much does the environment influence the outcome of what we create? It's hard to say, but it's more than we realize and something we shouldn't take lightly. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at GWTW.co 699. I recently came across a video from Adam Savage of Mythbusters fame talking about our workspaces. A viewer asked him about the messiness of his own shop versus the level of cleanliness almost to the point of antisepticness in others. For Savage, he describes what he calls a level of visual cacophony that inspires him to create. What a delicious reframe. Not messy, not intentionally messy, but visual cacophony. What a word. Cacophony is typically used in an audible sense, as the dictionary defines it as a harsh, discordant mixture of sounds. But this totally works in a visual sense. You could say it's a harsh, discordant mixture of stuff or things or objects. Nothing could be more subjective than our own individual levels of visual cacophony that ultimately inspire our creativity. For Savage, his space's visual cacophony works for him because everything he could possibly need or want to create is within reach. There are infinite possibilities, yes, but he also describes that he has displayed a line of failures that have led to success so that he is reminded of where he has been and where he's going. But to others, his space is cluttered, chaotic, and overwhelming. I honestly don't know how I'd feel walking into his studio, but I'd most likely wander and marvel at the details and hidden gems. I mean, I do that now with people who prominently display books, movies, or music. I pore over what they have displayed in their collections. You learn a lot about people based on what they collect, yes, but what they display. Their obsessions reveal who they really are, because that's what they've spent their money and time getting. Recently, I visited an artist's studio in his home as part of the next episode of the Getting Work to Work's documentary series. And the minute I entered, I could feel creative energy. Maybe it was the miter saw on the lower shelf of a giant workbench, or the custom bookcases, the giant map of Florence covering an entire wall, the phrase, "Uh uh-oh, printed in various typefaces and sizes throughout the room, his artwork on almost every single wall, I would have classified it a 4 out of 10 on the level of visual cacophony, but it was there. It was intentional. What really struck me, though, immediately was the carpetless wood floors that were painted white, and the sky-blue ceiling. When asked about the floor, he said, I just ripped out the carpet and painted the floor. You can do that? I thought to myself. This is why we need to visit other people's spaces to see what they're doing that inspire creativity, so that we can get that contact high of inspiration as well and bring it back to our own spaces. Another friend, well, he builds movie sets in his backyard. It's always interesting to see what he's built. You walk down the path along the side of his house, and all of a sudden you see a cabin. Think about the movie Evil Dead. Yes, that kind of cabin. And off to the south is a shop, kind of like in Evil Dead 2, where he goes and cuts off his hand. (laughs) Northwest of the cabin, there's a facade being built that he can block the neighbors with. It is pure chaos and joy and delight. It's a playground of possibilities to those with eyes to see. I marvel at what people are able to build with tools and supplies bought from a hardware store, yes, but a vision to see what this place could be. And from this backyard movie set, I travel across town to my friend's shop in the attic of an old barn. You walk up the crickety stairs and enter a world of musical instruments, electronics, giant mixing boards, parts, wiring tools, CNC machines, metal forming equipment. I honestly never know where to sit, but once I do, The space folds around me like a hug or memory foam. It allows me to imagine what if. I've had my share of offices over the years working for others, and they've always communicated what I'll call professional Chris. You know, the obligatory family photo, maybe some non-offensive art, a safer work image. It wasn't my aesthetic. It's always the people who own the company's aesthetic. And because of that, I never felt creative, but I had a job to do. And what's interesting is I usually left the office to get inspiration or to feel a rush of creativity, which is ironic since most of my jobs have been in creative industries. What does it say about a place and a space that prompts you to leave in order to get inspired? What does that say about our creativity? Today, I work out of my home. My chaos is my own. I'm sure my level of clutter, oh, I'm sorry, visual cacophony, would overwhelm some and inspire others. I'm surrounded by books, toys, posters and art, guitars, cameras, microphones, soldering irons, helping hands, toolbox covered in stickers, a folding table. It is all there. For me to create so what about you and your space what does your level of visual cacophony say about your creativity do you clean up at the end of the day or do you let the mess build upon itself over time so that one day you unearth a treasure that was a cast off from a day long ago but a deeper question for you are you truly being yourself in your workspace Or are you showing what you think people want to see as opposed to building a space that just lights you up? Another thing that Savage talks about, and I mentioned it earlier, was having a line of progress, a line of succession, as he calls it, from failure to success demonstrated in your space. What I love about this is it shows us that we are not guaranteed a success from our process. And the thing about modern digital-based creative work is that we think that it needs to be perfect. But is it ever perfect? I don't think so. But I think we believe that it is and that it can be. Another great question from Savage's video is, does your workspace allow you to be in a place that allows iteration? Fabulous question. As I think about downsizing or getting rid of crap and clutter. I think about minimalism and how some people can just live out of a backpack. And that's great. That's not me because sometimes chaos is required for my own creative expression. And the more you can be in tune with who you are and how you interact with the space that you're in and also what you're making, the greater the likelihood your space will reflect you. But if you're constantly comparing yourself to not only what other people are doing and making, but also the spaces they have, you're not spending the time building a space that allows you to be your creative self. And while I'm obviously talking about the physical space in which we work, I'm wondering what this looks like in a digital context. I think I have more to ponder there before I dive into it. Maybe it's the same or it's entirely different. I honestly don't know. But one final note, I've shared a lot about my friends' spaces that I'm inspired by, not because I want to steal from them or I'm jealous of them, but it's about permission. Permission to imagine and take action to bring that vision and that imagination to life. And that permission starts within our spaces, travels deep within ourselves, and bursts out into the world at large. And that is a beautiful part of creativity. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.